Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the speckled truth. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you back to part two of the Speckled Truth Podcast with Captain Joey Landrenew. Before we go ahead and get into this week's episode, I just want to say thanks first off for listening and your listenership to the Speckled Truth Podcast. We sincerely appreciate all the love, support, the messages, the shares, the likes, all those types of things. And we can't encourage you enough to continue to do that. We really appreciate it. Uh, aside from that, also leave us a like uh, or a rate and review the podcast on whatever platform that you listen to the podcast. And so without further ado, I want to get back into part two with Captain Joey Langenu and Keith Morrison. Take care. So now when you're approaching a spot, do you have any particular methods that you swear by, you know, to, to actually get in and not spook them and then while you're in there, is there any particular method or do you just... Yeah, I, I developed, I fished when I was learning, you know, kind of going back to, to where we were with the aerials and learning all that stuff. I did all this stuff by myself. I fished by myself because if you fish with someone else and you're learning something, you always want, is the guy ready to go? Is, you know, he, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you just spend your own time. So if you waste an hour and a half going into somewhere and you nothing happens, it's okay. I mean, you know, you, you know, so my technique was to back off, get a really good pair of binoculars and I would sit on the, or stand on the polling platform and glass the back of these bays looking for, bait fish looking for a pelican sitting on the water or a crane a heron if you see two three herons on the edge of a little creek coming out of the back of a bay you know and 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 target those areas that you you think you you've caught fish there before but you didn't know exactly what part of of that shoreline and let the birds help you a little bit and then go in there uh really stealthy um uh, a lot of, when I first started, I'd, I'd get out of the boat and wade fished. I wade fished uh, a lot. And I think um, I've caught one 30 inch fish here in, in the Big Bend, and I was wade fishing. Um, so uh, the approach is um, to find the bot, find hard bottom. I, I, I'm totally convinced these big solitary fish or little groups of, of big trout. Um, target hard bottom for, for whatever reason um and and uh hard bottom that has grass close to it i'm kind of repeating myself here and it, it's always got to be a relationship to bait right right um yeah if there's no bait then it's kind of almost right, pointless being right there. right and don't use the big engine at all if oh, yeah. you can help it um and, and i i you know, I, I i went in with the trolling motor quite a bit I've pulled myself um, at times when it got too shallow, um, but I think uh, I think trolling motors are starting to I think they're starting to get wise to uh, some of these trolling motors. Uh, it's the, the quieter, even though the trolling motors are getting quieter, um, uh, they're smart fish. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's 
that's that's part of the challenge too. You, uh, you always they'll never and they always just kind of glide off to the side. They don't make a big ruckus. They don't bring any attention to themselves. They mm-hmm. so slick, man. They just they just glide. I I'll never forget this this area of bars up by Horseshoe Beach, and I'd watch them. I'd watch them come in with the tide, and they'd get on top of that white shelly bar and they would just glide they would just kind of like glide they would just glide and they'd go off to the side and they would they, you'd see little bait you know they were munching on stuff and stuff and i watched those big fish like that for a long time and and that's that's what helped me uh understand what they're doing and when you're approaching that they what i what i what i could watch them do they hard bottom usually has a sloping area and then a drop-off area and if you find the ones where the sloping area on an incoming tide those fish will 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 parallel that and they they'll gradually work their way up to the top of the hard bottom at a higher tide but they want that foot and a half to two foot cover and on incoming tide they'll be on the sloping edge and as the tide fills they'll they may come to the top a little bit they won't sit there in that open wall in that right on top of there for a they're not going to be exposed they're exposed for a little bit right. you know and then when a lot of times when the tide changes they're done you know where do they you know you the tide gets it floods and it starts going out and then it's like they slide off and then they don't come back until the and next. then where do you go you know um so i i obviously as quiet as you can get um uh make extremely long cast um be real cognizant of of um bait activity um so long casts are definitely one of the keys and that's a, a kind of going back to your your setup. You mentioned a seven foot to a seven foot three rod. That's a really long rod. I, most people, I think, probably you know six and a half foot, maybe seven foot. But I like a seven to a seven two. Seven, seven three is the longest. I, I don't. I, I purchased a seven six. I didn't like it. I actually gave it away. I've always wanted to try one, and I, I'm, I'm I, end up. I, a little wind. I, I didn't like it. Okay. It's just personal preference. I mean, right. like a seven six was like, but with, with a seven foot or longer rod, you can really cast. Not to mention you've got, you know, braid on. Right. Uh, really, and I I use like fifteen pound braid. And right. I box, use fifteen. So a pretty light braid, and uh, one of the best things that I love about this lick lure is how far it casts. Right. And for being such, I consider even though it's a big profile soft plastic. I consider it a finesse bait because it sinks so slowly and you can, you can work it as, as lightly and as softly as you want or as aggressively and jerk and erratic as you want. Right. And depending on your conditions, I mean, if you got slick calm, you don't want to be working it like crazy. Um, and, but you can work it in any kind of conditions and it's such a subtle presentation if you want it to be. And with a long cast, that's... I consider myself a finesse guy, okay? And I, I really enjoy working, um, I, you know, being in, what I call it, being in touch with the lure. 
understanding, you know, when you twitch your rod this this way, you know, you twitch, 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 you understand what the lure is doing. And you and if you know the bottom, you really studied your 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 area and you know really what's what's going on. Um that you can work around those, you know, I know exactly what, what I'm, what I'm fishing and, and how I want to present that lure over that certain piece of hard bottom because I've studied it so much and, and what, and how those fish position themselves on that tide. You have to position your boat on the incoming tide. They're, they're going to look quarter into it or right into it. And if there's a little couple little clumps of rock, and they can back off a little bit with a little flat and a little bit of grass on the side. They'll be right on that edge of that grass thing, and you bring it over that. And if you can work it over that little hump of, of, of a hard bottom and give it a twitch or two, and it just glides right into their, right their into face, them. it's game on. Every you know, single I, time. I, I, and, 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 and so the, the approach is you have to be quiet, obviously. You have to make long casts. But also, be cognizant of the the angle at which the tide is 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 coming into that bottom, that hard bottom, and the angle of it. So that you and, can pull your bait with the tide. Yes, that slick works really, really well as a as a finesse bait when you just twitch, twitch, and when you when it'll pause and the tide can take it. You know, we did those big fish uh, last year. That tide was moving. And that was a six or eight foot hole there. And yeah. I guarantee you 90% of the guys, nine out of 10, would have fished in that hole. Yeah. Well, those big, where were those big fish? Right they, on the bar. They, they, were on, they were on a three foot flat outside that bar on the down current side of that big hole. Yeah. So we would throw up there, let, the, let it just take it with it, twitch it every once in a while, just a little bitty twitch, and they would eat it. So that's what I mean by presenting your lure in relationship to the tide flowing over that bottom where you think it might be. And and if you try one angle and it doesn't work, think about what you're doing and then reposition and maybe go at it from a different angle. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and I remember that spot where you were casting, there's a deep hole. And just on the down current side of it, it was that nice long little finger bar that right. comes straight off the bank. Right. And you were casting into the hole and letting your bait drift over that and working it. And sure enough, they were sitting just there picking off bait that was coming up out of that hole. They were in a, that. And I bet it wasn't 10 foot wide. They were sitting right there. If you let it go. It's a really narrow bar. I mean, right. it's like a finger and it comes out about right. 20 right. feet off the bank. Right. Now, I don't know if I told you, I was in that same spot another day on an extremely low tide. And that morning, I'd already gone to the back and caught like a 27. And I was trapped in there because of the, the tide. You know, I couldn't get out because uh, it was low tide incoming. And I was coming up, approaching this hole from the opposite direction that we had usually come to it. And so now there's in front of me is the hole, then the bar on the other side of it. And then the shallow side of the bar. Well, on that incoming tide, yes, they were sitting. They were sitting right in between the bar and the hole on the back side of that bar. Just like you're saying, with their noses right into the current. And, of course, I didn't see them until I was right up on top right. of it, unfortunately. So I kind of blew my shot. But 
now that I now right. that I saw that, I knew okay, next time if I come in here on the same condition, I know exactly how to right. fish and, it. And that's what I it's the same for me of blowing the quail out in that trough. Yep. First time I went in and I went in at too fast for trolling motor. Seriously, man, they were bumping into the side of the water. They were bump hitting the side of the boat, man. So you it. you learn I blew them out. You you did the same thing, but next time, you know, and I can't I'll say it again, man. I can't I, I have 15, 20 years, about 20 years of fish logs that I kept. I, I, this was before they had all these apps and stuff. Uh -huh. I'd come home and, and on Word, just write it, write it the whole paragraph down and, and, and have it and keep it on a, in, a, in a Word file. Uh, just to, and, and just had them for year, you know, by year, by month. And, and um, that's a great, that's a neat, it's a neat, thing to, to do if you really want to so i i if kept you, the, if you really want to dial that in and peel the onion back uh that's the really way to do it i kept the fish log for probably a year and I, i'd say it was roughly i started it probably a year mm -hmm. after i really got into targeting bigger trout and when i first got into targeting big trout i just got lucky and caught three big ones in one night and okay that was my introduction three giants in one night i'm like wow how can i do it again um, what I started doing was targeting 20 inch fish. And I thought if I can catch a 20 inch fish on any given night or any given day, the odds of me stumbling into a 25 or better will increase by not going for schoolies. And so I was recording and I only recorded 20 inch fish and larger. And, uh, I did that for about a year. And I, even when I first started, I went back and I looked through all my pictures on Facebook and the great thing about Facebook it's got your picture it's got your date it's probably got a link because I you know on a measuring board and I went back and I looked at the tides from those dates and I compiled a list you know a, a few hundred fish and it was the best tool that I ever had uh, I, I got to admit I, I haven't done it for a while now right. and, I, well, and I should keep it up because I know how, how and today I mean you take a picture it you just take a picture of the fish it's got the date and the time and these, there's apps now that roll that into, and it correlates with the tide and everything else. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 when I was really doing this, you know, how I came up with, with, with coming up with this piece of plastic um, is is knowing, ex I, I did an experiment. I, I had some, some bars that I knew that were good, and, and I went back to the exact same one year I was I was waxing them. It was in October. I mean, I went there. I went back to the same exact bar on the same moon phase of the same month, and those fish were there. I hadn't fished them in in you know at all. Long time. I, you know, first time in the fall. You know, I go back, looked up at my log the, the year before, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go over and see what see what the heck. It was like it was like magic, man. It's like walk. It's like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> The same exact place, the same exact bar on the same moon phase, same tide. Yep. So I've already got it marked on the calendar, the uh, the date of the same moon phase that I did real good in that right, one spot. Right. So <laughs> so talking about uh, your approach and stuff is yep. is study your charts, keep really really good notes, um, and I can't use really good equipment. And 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 match the equipment to the lure that you're you're gonna fish. Um, and I'm not saying you gotta have twenty freaking rods and reels, right? But if you fish like the slick lure, 
It's four and three quarter inches long. It weighs 0.4 eighths of an ounce. It's a half ounce. Okay, it's a half an ounce, and it sinks the un with the unweighted uh, owner hook. It sinks um, one foot per per second, approximately. Okay, so three three feet. It takes three seconds to get to the bottom, or so. Yeah. But you know, three feet to us is like deep. Yeah, it is. You know, it really uh, is. four feet's like. Damn, we got too much water. <laughs> um, like I got to put a weighted hook on now. Yeah, right, right. Now you know, on the on the west, the west of us in Alabama, I'd say ninety plus percent of the guys fish the weighted hook. Hmm. Almost everybody. So it just depends on where you're at. And well, and they fishing and they're if they you know when the water cools off, they fish in these tidal rivers, and there's a channel, but then there's a a flat, but their flat is like four feet deep, five feet deep, sometimes six feet deep. Hmm. So they don't have enough patience to let it sink. Um, so they want to use the, and some of them, some of the guys, uh, we're talking about cadence and stuff a little bit. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a real finesse guy. I, I want to be in touch with my Lord. I'm a twitch, twitch guy kind of thing. That's what I envisioned when I made it because I'm fishing shallow water and, and I, I, that's the way I want to do it. Some of the guys there, they fish them on bait casters. I fish a spinning rod, and that's pure there. Um, and and one of the one of the one of the full time guys there, he has a very slow, steady retreat. I mean, barely turns the handle with a weighted hook, which keeps that weighted hook that that weight acts like a keel on a sailboat, and it keeps that lure perfectly uh, on the vertical. So he can he can keep it moving really really slow and he just twitches his rod just barely every once in a while, but he always keeps it moving, and I um I, I'm saying with 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 the keel on the weight on that shank is perfectly matched and it keeps it in the vertical and it doesn't it doesn't have a tendency to spin or move to one side or the right. other and that's why they like the weighted hook so much if they work it in that in with that cadence where I don't think I needed it. I don't, I don't, I know I don't need it in three feet of water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's just a different, different technique. Yeah. Different, different areas. So right. uh, another part of the approach is knowing your conditions and, uh, you know, selecting your gear appropriately for that. Right. And I'm, I'm a real believer. Once you peel the onion back several layers and you've dialed in and you've caught a, a big fish or two in an area, try to take that template and apply it to another area. Right. The same, if you can find that same template, just take that and go put, go so, try so to, find the similarities in this spot and apply what you've just done in that spot over there. Right. Right. Because it's, it, and I also, I've caught big fish in the same area over year, you know, over and over and over and over again. I won't name names. Right. But that one spot you did a dozen, well, how many? 16 over 20 or something? <laughs> 17. Okay. Yeah, they're right there. Okay. <laughs> I've been fishing that thing for uh, 17 years. The same damn piece of hard bottom. Yeah. So if you know that, keep that piece of, if I could duplicate that hard bottom in about a dozen other places, <laughs> just dig it up and go put it 
you know, put it, cast it, and pull it up with a helicopter and go drop it in a dozen more places. That would be awesome. So, so that kind of reminds me of of something that my my good friend Joshua Lamb would always talk about. And it doesn't matter. Um, finding spots, single spots, is not the key. The key to unlocking good fishing is finding the pattern because the pattern will tell you what the spots are. So if they're holding on to rock, then you should technically be able to find rock, you know, anywhere. And there's probably on the right conditions going to be fish. Or if they're in that patchy grass, you find that patchy grass anywhere. And again, uh, in the right conditions, there should be the fish there. So it's a matter of finding the pattern that they're on to that time. And rather than, you know, spots are a dime a dozen, but finding a pattern is the real key. Right. And and we didn't touch, I didn't touch on this, talking about um, uh, approaches, water, monitor water temperature. Water temperature is critical um, when I'm, tr- when I'm targeting these really big fish during the wintertime. Uh, an example, um, there's a little cove over there, and one day I was at the point of it, out in the flat it makes a, a point and it makes a big half moon and in the back i was sitting on my uh with it with the binoculars i had a, I, 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 you know i guess you got to move up to a drone right i need to fly a drone <laughs> yeah now. i think I, so I, i'd love to have one of those little jollies but anyway you know old school sitting there with some really good binoculars and in the back of that coat there were some pelicans sitting there and there were a couple of herons on the on the shoreline in, in, in a, like a 20, 30-yard stretch. And I knew that cove could be good during the wintertime. So I looked at my temperature gauge, and I don't remember what it was, but I, I eased back there. And the first couple casts, looked at my temperature gauge. It was three, de- the water was three degrees warmer up in the backside of that that cove that was um, had a, a south exposure to it. And um, then at the at the at the point in the flat where the where where the point you know where it was in the flat it was three degrees warmer back there and it was a bunch of bait and everything was going on and I and 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 it's like well well you know that's so everything back there is yes, warm and happy yeah, and ready yeah. to eat. so so not only not only pay attention when you catch something pay attention to the water temperature at that at that time because. It may be 53 in the morning and the tide's right there, but it's pretty damn cold. But in the afternoon, that second high tide may not be, it may be a half a foot less, but the water's instead of 53, now it's 58 or so. And the bait's in there. And that morning, that water's really cold, not a lot of life going on. And you, and you struck out. If you go back to that same bottom in the afternoon with a little warmer and you got a little more activity and all of a sudden, you know, the big gals in there wanting to eat something. Yeah, it turns on. Yeah, so so don't write it off right away. I mean, be persistent and and check it more than once if if you're having these temperature changes and and water temperature is critical. This season, we'd like to recognize one of our newest sponsors, and that is Down South Lures. From their regular four-inch Southern shad to the five-inch Supermodel and versatile three-inch Burner shads, it's easy to see why these baits have become a go-to for many Texas anglers. Designed with their unique hybrid tail, its natural swims in the fall action produces big trout, not only here in the Texas coast, but across all estuaries. Aside from that though, they're made right here in the USA. 
So be sure to support this Texas brand that supports you in pursuit of that next big bite. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Real's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Real Sportswear. Mirror Lore is an iconic inshore fishing lure company found in every angler's arsenal. From their legendary lineup of lures such as the Top Dog and Catch 2000 to their versatile soft plastics like the Little John and Marshmallow, these lures not only catch fish, but have produced for decades. So whether it's a 17MR or a Paul Brown Cerise Fat Boy, always remember to tie on a mirror lure and turn on the bike. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky have been podcast sponsors for the first two seasons and we're incredibly appreciative. This Texas brand with inputs from the most respectable guides across the Texas coast complete every big trout angler's arsenal. With great fish catching colors, my personal favorites, Texas Turnip, Bay Mistress, Plum Nasty to name a few, it's easy to see how these things produce time and time again. So next time you're targeting that next big bite, I highly encourage you to fish the original custom Corky. And remember, the big girls aren't colorblind. Well, well let's um, let's switch gears a little bit. So, um, and and while we wrap this up, we'll, we'll just ask you a few more quick questions. Uh, do you have a favorite fishing memory, regardless of trout fishing, this fishing period? Um. I was thinking about that. Um, I, I'll stick with the big trout um, theme. Okay. Uh, I remember the first time I caught the only 30 inch plus trout I caught in the Big Bend area uh, was in May, uh, Sunday afternoon, right before the sun had already set. It was the last a little bit of daylight, you know, last, the sun was just starting to set and I was fishing, of wade fishing, uh, knee deep water and uh, a little pot of big, big fish came in on the outgoing tide, foot and a half water. And, um, I caught, I made six casts. I caught five fish and the smallest one was 25 and the biggest one was 30 and a half. Wow. <laughs> and I hooked the sixth one and it bent um two treble hooks oh my gosh and i lost it right at, <laughs> right in front of me you think so it was bigger it was, no oh, it was but, it, but it, it was, was one so of those it was in that pot it was in that caliber it was wow. in that it was it, that was five That's four awesome. or five of them and i caught you know in a you know and um uh yeah i know uh, that was like um yeah you That's kinda, something you kind of you kind of arrive because there's not many 30 inch fish in in our water yeah um, i i feel like there are but there there's so much pressure nowadays and i don't think that a lot of people really really target them because i don't know i've seen some big ones and so that's another one of the questions what's the biggest trout you've ever seen um i've seen a 10 10 plus down in stewart yeah okay that's pretty big now do you think you've seen any bigger like swimming like or was that was that one you saw in the water? Or that was one. Of, that 
I, I didn't see the that third, third the leading fish was was the leading one was pretty good, but I caught the the thirty was like the third or fourth one out of the five I caught. Wow. I didn't I didn't quite see it. Okay, the, you know because of the way the sun was. Um, but one day I told you that in that and those prop scars mm-hmm. out there in that flat, um, we were fishing pre fishing for a tournament, and I was on the push pole. Um, and we were coming in with the tide, and it was just six or eight inches above the grass. It was real, real thick grass. We were gliding into an area we wanted to fish at, with the tide and not the trolling motor and just push pulling going really, really slow. And I could see, and my buddy was on the bow. I was push pulling, and I could see off to the side in this prop scar was this swimming log. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just... Some big old black log. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, just and she, we kind of saw each other. She, you know, and she didn't. It was no classic. Just, just glide off and not. That's that's how you can tell when you spook a trout. That's how you can tell a big trout from a small trout if you can't really see the size, which I'm sure you could. But the big ones, like you mentioned, they just glide off. Right. They it don't, doesn't matter they how don't, you can come in hot and heavy on them, and they just slide over. They do not make. They do not bring attention to themselves. Yeah, they're and, very that's what I was talking about on top of those oyster on top of those oyster bars. You know, when they get on top, they would just glide. It was, it was like, how can they move and not move move their tail? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean you don't even see their, it's their tail. body. Their whole body. Yeah, yeah it just it, it's like a big snake. I mean, I've, it's like a. It's like uh, I don't know, man. So I've I've spooked a few recently on you know in some of these grass flats, and I, I called you a couple of times and said I just saw her. You know, I right, saw that right. one that was over thirty. I've seen that two this year, right? Um, and, and one that I almost had a shot on, but I think I cast about a second too late. But right. um, but but that was that was a that was a thirty that was a thirty thirty, and I went back. I can't tell you how many. Times. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times I went back and and just was ready was ready, man. And, oh, and just it's like that huge buck that you just mm-hmm. happen to just walks out there and you're not ready, and he just makes a couple of you know steps and jumps over the fence into the thicket and he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing. Yeah, and you never see him again. Kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, a yeah. It's bit. like it's like man, what? And you, yeah, and you hunt back. You hunt. You hunt that place. You know, until you can't. <clears throat> yeah, it. Yeah, and to this day, um, no. Um, until this day, I still hunt that deer stand every time I go to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So you know, um, and and now that more and more as I get older in in in. And I'm no spring chicken anymore. Um, I'm 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 changing my tactics to where I'm fine tuning it, and I peel the onion back enough now to now I know what I really want to do and target just what I want to do in certain times of the year. Right. And you know, um, July, August, September when it's super hot, it's just like you know, I yeah, I'm not going to go out there and float the tr- float the flats and bake and just not going to do it. Right. Yeah. We'd rather go and get trapped in a Creek and freeze. (laughs) (laughs) So was that, was that um, 30.5? Was that the biggest trout you've ever caught? Yes. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a great one. 
Yeah. And a 29, I've done two over 20. I've done a, the 29 and a half when I first started with that. Yeah. And the other one was a 30 and a half. And then you caught one that was just a hair shy of 29. 29, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, it might have been right at 29. Right. And everything we're talking about, water temperature and, you know, everything, that fish kind of uh, is just the opposite of that. I mean, it was yeah. in September, the water, water was 83 degrees. Yeah. Uh, flood tide, four-foot tide. Over hard bottom, and we stick a twenty-eight and three quarters. I mean, almost and, twenty. And I lost a good one. Right, and and or I, no, I saw a good one. I didn't lose it. We but were coming. We were coming in, and and a few yards before that, we saw one slide off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so we don't know how many fish were there. It was at least one. Um, yeah. So that was kind of um, that opened my eyes, and I think about I think about that a lot. It's why was it. You know, at this stage of the game is, okay, you did this, you caught this fish. Okay, why? Let's connect the dots. Yeah. You know, let's connect A to B, B to C, C to D. What, what? Let's figure out that pattern. Yeah, what was, what was going on? Yeah. And, um, but then that's what brought my attention more to fishing these, um, uh, Rock the this hard bottom that's further offshore, offshore. I say offshore, off the shoreline, on these higher tides. That opened my eyes a lot when we did that in September. That was um, that was very. Uh, I was totally shocked. Really, I yeah, didn't, I didn't expect that. That was surprising. Yeah, that yeah. was, uh, and that was a great fish. So, um, aside from gear, has big trout fishing changed from when you got into it until now? Yeah, I I think, um, how can I say this? Back when I was doing it, um, I think there's more. I think there's more pressure, but not necessarily people f- targeting the big fish. They're just there, but they don't know why they're there. They're 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 in the area. Uh, but they don't really realize why that what they're near. It's like they're fishing, but they think it's a pretty good spot and they catch a few fish. But they're putting pressure in the area that could be holding one or two big fish, and and then they slide off, and then and the more people go to those areas, those big fish slide off. So there's there's fishing pressure, but it's not necessarily fishing those big fish. The, the boat pressure is there and it's causing them to change their patterns. Okay. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So these bigger fish aren't being targeted, but there's a lot of pressure where they like to go to. So right. then they go elsewhere. Right. And so trying to keep up I mean, with as, as much stuff as we as we try, and we still see one slide off, mm-hmm. and we're not making any noise. Yeah. And you got some Yahoo over there that's got his, his, his four-speaker uh, boom box blaring you know mm-hmm. what i mean and 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 he's or he idles in yeah, and, and, two stroke right, and, and stops 50 yards yeah away. you know you know what i mean and they're talking and they're and they catch a nice they catch something and then they take photos and then they then all of a sudden his buddy comes in and he he blows in there and and that little rock pile you wanted the fish is like 50 yards away mm-hmm. uh and and you know it could be good but these two yahoos are sitting there uh that's what i mean by pressure right 
when I started, that wasn't that wasn't a problem. Once you found a pattern, it was pretty much yours the whole winter. Wow. And, and you know, pretty much. So now, now you have to stay. You're trying to play keep well, up. Well, and and now that I'm starting, you know, I haven't been fishing much in the last two three years. And now that I'm I'm fishing a little bit more this winter, it's almost like we have to we have to um, peel the onion back another little bit of a layer to okay re redefine what what what's going on here. I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, what well, now that there's so much pressure, where are they going? Right. Where, where where will they feel okay and comfortable? Right. I know one of the troughs that I was waxing them on three or four years ago, five years ago. I, I know there's a lot more pressure in there now. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm not even, I, I may check it one more time this winter, but if there's a couple more airboats in there, then I'm going to, I'm not going to go back. Yeah. I understand that. You know, you know. So, so that's changed. And, and, and for good or for good or bad, the electronics, and the 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 um, information on the on on the World Wide Web. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of these, I call them young whippersnappers. You know what I mean? <laughs> these whippersnappers don't know how good they got it. You know. I guess I would uh, fall into that category because right. I can go and scout Google Earth, and I don't have to call some guy in Tallahassee and order these pictures to come that are black and white, and you got to right. puzzle them together. Right. I can jump on my phone and I can pull up top-notch satellite images and right. say, "This is exactly where I'm going to go tomorrow." Right, right. So, so that you know, then and now, and and there's a there's a lot of good lures on the market now too. Oh yeah, you know, there's all kinds of all kinds of you know good stuff. Um, so and and some of the finishes and 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 the quality of, of the lures are getting getting better. The gear is getting better. Um, uh, so if you want to make that 70, 80 foot cast consistently, you can, um, you got better gear, you got better hooks, you got better, better equipment in general. Right. Um, yeah. and the guys that really want to spend the time, but there's no, uh, substitute for time on the water. A hundred percent. You can look at Google earth. You can look at whatever the hell. There's nothing like getting out there and doing it. You can do all the homework in the world, but until you get out there and practice, it's right. you know there's there's no better way than to get out there and just do it and just go right. fishing. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, just spend spend hours and hours. I spend hours and hours and hours and hours on 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 the water, and I did most of it. And again, I'm not the best thing since sliced bread. Don't get me wrong, but that was just my what I felt comfortable doing. Yes, yeah. was doing a lot by myself and 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 being real methodical about it, um, and uh, so that that and and then being able to try to put two and two together. You know, if this happens, so why did this happen, and how can you um, repeat that, and 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 how all that that plays in how all that plays into it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it's. That that's pretty much it. I mean, the the pressure part of it. There's more people in the water now. They got better yeah. equipment. I mean, you know. Um, so yeah, it's just the whole whole everything's everything's better than it was 20 years ago, and there's more people. It makes sense. So you you need to be um, if you really want to get really good at it, take your own pictures. Yeah. And don't uh, Instagram them <laughs> within three minutes of where you at. Right. 
you know, just use it as as research and as personal data. Yeah. To improve your game. That makes you know, sense. You know, and that's why I came up with 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 the lore that I that I did. I was studying this from from the old black and whites and and everything we're talking about. But the next step in my progression was to make something that I knew would work. And the only way I could do it is that is that I would have to make it myself. And that's why I did what I did. I mean, I had, again, I, I say it all the time. I had no intentions of, of this being where it is right now. Right. I mean, nothing, it was not even in the mindset. I mean, it's, all I but knew I was, the, all I knew was, in, within two months, I did a twenty-nine and a half, and I got what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I was fishing tournaments at the time, and I was always in the money. Yeah. Well, I didn't win them all. And then the word gets out, and everybody I, says, "What are you fishing with?" And then, uh, yeah. Eventually, yeah. seven years later, you're sitting here in a podcast uh, or in a tackle room with thousands of lures around you and hundreds of boxes of slicks and little slicks and who knows what else. Right. According to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 but it's it, this is what I do, man. This is this is my hobby. It's a hobby that, you know, it's it's what I enjoy doing. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I um you know, I I I that's what I do. I mean, I I had some <clears throat> back before I started all this, I had some personal issues. I I changed my my lifestyle, you know, got um uh, Went into rehab and 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 got straight and 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 changed my life that way. Got got rid of a lot of bad habits and and took all my energy into what I really discovered who I really was as a person and and being out there and doing what we're talking about was was my was my satisfaction. Right. I mean that that's that's really. So what you I, took your energy and. To turn it into something constructive. Exactly. Well, exactly. Awesome. And 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 it made me, you know, if that wouldn't, if that wouldn't, if I wouldn't have taken the initiative to do that, this would have never happened. Right. I mean, it would, it would have never happened. Not, not even wouldn't happen. So. Well, well, I have to say, I appreciate you taking the time to fish with me on many occasions right. and and sharing a lot of what you've learned with me. That's really uh, I've learned a tremendous amount from you, and so I thank you for that. Well, I I enjoy I enjoy fishing with people that that um, understand what it takes to play this game at a high, at, at at what we're trying to do. Yeah, because those damn big fish are slick as hell. <laughs> they are. They they just um, maybe that's why you named it the slick. No, <laughs> I named it the slick because uh, in high school. I was uh, pretty, pretty, um, six, pretty big jock. <laughs> okay. Uh, in high school, and and uh, some of the guys, and I knew a bunch of guys all over the place. Anyway, for some reason, some of the guys would call. They say, "Hey, slick, how you doing?" You know, they'd say, "You know, I got this nickname." It would okay. jokingly. It wasn't every. You know, it wasn't my real. You know, but. Uh, the slick, you know, the slick with, hey, slick, how's it going? You know, what I mean, you know, what I mean, just, just, you know, yeah, yeah and it kind of stuck, and it's like, you know, what the hell, man? It's cool. It took about thirty seconds to figure out what I was going to call this. Yeah, 
So that was pretty easy. Yeah. You know, I didn't, it's like colors, you know, I don't, um, I don't spend a lot of time on color. Someone mentions something. Oh yeah, that sounds good. You know? So it's, it's, you know, so, you know, that, that's, that's what it is. It's just a natural progression in, in, in improving your game. Yeah. So as, as you get better at anything and, your task becomes easier. I guess it's naturally progressed something more challenging and that's kind of trout fishing. It exponentially gets more challenging the more you do it and the better you get at it because the more 20 inch fish you catch, then you're going to want to get 25 inch and then you're going to want to catch a 30 inch and so forth and so on. And and eventually it really caps out what's realistic. Right. And so, yeah, natural progression is all all about. and we've had this discussion before, and I'll say it again. I mean, and you've experienced it the other day. Okay, you did 17 fish, 21 to 27. Okay. And you can do that again. It's going to happen again in, in the very near future because that winter pattern has started. Well, I told you, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. Okay. Yeah. It may not happen every time you go, but it's going to happen more than once again before this water warms up again back in April or so, you know, it's going to do, it's going to happen several times. What gets me is that 25, 24 to 26 class fish. We have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of them. Yeah. My puzzle that I, the puzzle that I haven't been able to, to, to figure out yet is that what happens and that maybe it's a biological thing. Maybe it's a a more a, a mortality thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know how old those twenty six inch twenty six and twenty sevens we catch are. Are they at the last half of their of their life cycle? And the and the ones that are the twenty eights and twenty nines and that only one over thirty I caught is that just a real anomaly because of you know what happens. Why can't what and it happens every year, man? Every year I say the same exact thing. What happens, man? Do they have a stunt growth? I mean, I mean, why so many? And then you hardly ever catch. I think they change. There's another gear in there. In, in there's another change in their life cycle that I haven't been able to figure out as to what they do. When they get a couple inches bigger, why? Like, yeah, why is it like almost a hard cap at twenty four or twenty five? Why there's so an an insane amount of twenty fours and twenty fives, and yet so few twenty seven pluses, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Strange. It's really yeah. strange. Okay, you you watch it. You're keeping somewhat of a tab. Okay, then at the end of the in 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 May, okay, add it all up. How many how many twenty seven pluses you catch? All right. It's going to be like five or six. I'll be able maybe, to tell you maybe, how many. You know what I mean? And 28s to 30s is going to be like one or two, maybe. You know what I mean? If I'm lucky. You know what I mean? So, and and, and that's where, you know, the speckled truth and, and what they're trying to do, science, you know, with this fisherman. And, and, and that's what I, that's the puzzle, the Big Ben area. I would love to, to that's my goal now is to try to figure out okay we're doing these things and we're catching these really nice fish 
what do we need to do? What, how do we need to change? Or do we need to change? What, what's, there's a missing link in the chain. The bikes, the, the bicycle's not rolling anymore because there's a link in the chain and we're not getting to the 28 inch finish line. We're only getting to 26 inch finish line. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, what, where, what, what link in the chain? The only good is the link, the weakest link in your chain. So we're in that, where's that weak link for us not to get to the 28? Why is there a gap? Yeah. Yeah. Those fish had to, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm just totally, you know, kind of uh, just uh, brainstorming, you know, right now, just brainstorming as to do they shift away from, they leave that, they're leaving those, those, those groups of where you can catch 20 in an in a area. They're breaking off of that, and they're coming even more solitary. And what are the, where are the, what are they, what are they doing? Yeah, what, what, where do they go next? Because yeah. I, I mean, I can say this: I typically catch more twenty-seven and twenty-eight inch trout in Pensacola than I have down here. And I've obviously I've, I've spent eight years learning that complex, so I'm pretty familiar. And I had you helping me out down this complex, so I got to know it really quickly. And I was so motivated to spend a lot of time. I have only caught two, maybe three, that, but two definitely over 27 down here. And the number of 20-inch fish from 20 to 24, 25 that I've caught here compared to the panhandle is absurdly higher. I've caught just an right. absolute, it's just insane how many 20-plus-inch fish you can catch here. Whereas, you know, on a, on a great day in Pensacola, like on one of my best days, I might go out and catch, you know, two or three 20 to 22s. And then if I'm really lucky, I'll get a 27. On here, like a two or three 20 to 22s and a 24-inch fish is a, is a kind of meh kind of day. Man. Like it's not a bad day, but no, it's, it's like, well, how'd you do? Well, I got 12, 22 <laughs> to 24s. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah I, i'm being sarcastic you know what i mean yeah, yeah but i told you you were gonna get tired of doing that yeah and 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 that's that's to my point mm -hmm. where do i what do i need to do what do we need to do to figure out what those 28s are doing right now right now i know they're in this zone they're somewhere they're in this zone they're in that picture over there somewhere and what what is it at night? Is it on the edge of deeper water where we're not, we're not, um, we're not, it, it's, it's right under our nose and we're not putting that together or they, or they're, they're using the deeper water. I say deep water, six, eight foot troughs and they're, they're coming off of that and they're using those troughs more. So that's why we don't, we don't, we don't see them. Could very well be, you know? Yeah. But then, on the flip side of that, you're floating the, the floating the, the flat in eight inches above the grass, six inches above the grass, and you see a freaking log that's, you know, thirty inches a plus by herself. You can't do anything with that. Yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough information there to help you. Yeah, it's you, it's, it's like, an area. It's an, it's, and, it's and an you... area there, but not far from that fish. There's an eight foot trough, but it's a half mile. Is that again? Instead of me going all the way into the foot and a half and playing with the twenty fours in that foot and a half water, 
do you back off into the six and eights and six, eight foot water and fish the 10, 15, 20 yard section that's just off that deep water at a certain tide where yeah. they come off of that and they're, they're going to be in that flat just for a little while. And then they're going to back off back in that deep water. I don't know. Something we got to figure out. I guess we got to go try. Right? I guess we should go fishing, huh? <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's what intrigues me, man. I, you know, that's some good thinking material right there. And that, that's a good, uh, I think that's a good thought to start wrapping things up on as well, right. because that, that makes you think, and that's really um, a big, the biggest aspect to targeting trophy trout is thinking and questioning everything. Right. Because nothing is science and nothing is guaranteed. And if you can keep learning, I mean, you've been trout fishing for what, 20 years, 20 plus years. Yeah. And you're still over here wondering and wanting to learn and trying to figure things out. And so I think that's a sign of a great trout angler is someone that's willing to accept that they don't know everything and there's always more to learn. Right. But, so on that note, I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time out of your evening to, uh, to let me come in and, and hang out in your, your lure cave and, uh, and talk to me on the, the podcast. Uh, before we go, is there any advice that you have for anyone that's in, into the trout fishing? Um, I would say um, uh, buy good equipment, use good equipment, Use the the information that's available to you. Um, that's that's on the web now. You have all kinds of aerial photographs. You have um, really good um, you know GPS and and all that stuff. And and start in small steps and find an area that you think would be good and just fish that entire section. Um, a complete. Uh, incoming outgoing tide cycle and every time you catch a fish market and then correlate that with your data with your tide data your water temperature data and put that on your on your machine and then you can connect the dots and you'll see patterns as to where these fish are holding on certain tide they'll almost draw a line and so you have all these these catch this catch data so then you can start a pattern and that put that would be like a one day fish log so it'd be like a uh, a high tech fish log and and do it that way. And then the next day, take another section and do the same thing. And don't take for granted. It, it doesn't matter if it's a twelve inch fish or a you know twenty eight inch fish. Mark every one, and and try to correlate your your tide data, your water temperature, what your bait conditions were, you know wind conditions, and then and then and then create those those data points and and build off of that and before you know it you you'll run into patterns that will, that will start to repeat themselves and that's only done by um, time on the water absolutely well that is some great advice everyone thanks again for listening to the speckled truth podcast part two with captain joey landrenew we really appreciate it again let's show some love for all of our podcast sponsors uh, Down South Lures, the original custom Corky, Texas Custom Lures, Real Sportswear, Carbon Line, Mirror Lure. We really appreciate their sponsorship of the podcast. And so I strongly encourage just show them some love. We really appreciate them and, and their uh, support for the Speckled Truth Podcast. Anyway, uh, until next week, guys, the next episode, take care, tight lines, take what you need, release the rest, and Happy New Year.